Welcome to Major League Nutrition, the place where professional athletes come to get advice on how to up their game. I'm your host, Nicole Chouinard. I'm an award-winning registered dietitian with a master's degree in nutrition and fitness and a bachelor's degree in nutrition and dietetics. I'm a performance nutrition educator and consultant at the professional athlete level, and I work with the most amazing clinicians, educators, chefs, and game changers in Boston who specialize in healthy lifestyle, food, medicine, nutrition, sports, coaching, and behavior change research. I've successfully coached thousands of clients to get to their health and fitness goals, including weight loss, weight gain, energy, metabolism, supplement use, drug-induced nutrient depletions, travel, getting to their PR, marathon training, emotional eating, understanding calorie needs are different for pitchers than they are for hitters, endurance versus strength, meal planning, technology to help with tracking, myth-busting exercise and nutrition information, handling positive and negative social cues, and not letting their own thoughts get in the way of their success. The weekly episodes in this podcast are here to bring you a combination of educational interviews with the most fascinating experts I know in health, fitness, and sport, as well as science-backed real answers to your nutrition, health, and fitness questions. The Major League Nutrition Show is free to listen to and can be found on any app that supports podcasts. The best compliment you can give to the show is to let others know about it, subscribe, and send your own questions, including sponsorship requests, to LLC at gmail.com. And you can also follow me on Instagram at MajorLeagueNutrition. For even more information, you can always visit MajorLeagueNutrition.com. On today's episode, I interview Hillary Hutchinson, a very well-known health and fitness expert and entrepreneur in the Boston area, New York City, and now El Salvador. She helps people heal the past so they can embody the highest version of themselves, find peace of mind, greater vitality, and build the life they truly desire. She started her career as a fitness instructor. That's how I met her, actually. She taught me how to be a fitness instructor a long time ago. And although she was living an incredibly healthy lifestyle, she suddenly fell severely ill. For years, she thought this was purely a physical struggle, but she continued getting worse no matter what she did to help. It wasn't until she started to address her past and heal her inner child that her physical body was able to heal too. She always said her health health crisis would be worth it if she could help others with what she learned along the way. She's got about 58 certifications, you know, yoga, fitness, stretching, Ayurveda medicine with food and everything. Um, She's super dynamic in that she can learn it all and teach it all and put it all together for you. She never, she, she never imagined she would learn more about the mind and spirit than the physical body. And now as a spiritual life coach and retreat owner, 
Um, she helps clients heal their past and find balance in their mind, body, and spirit. And she's always amazed at the beautiful transformations and the power of coaching. And she truly feels grateful that she gets to do this for a living and is honored to be guiding all of you today. And me too. I learned a lot from speaking to her. Um, so much so that I needed to make our our discussion into two episodes. So lucky you, you get two episodes with Hillary Hutchinson. Um, and all of her contact info is going to be in the show notes. So stay tuned and learn and maybe even start to heal. Hillary, I'm so happy to have you on the show today. We've known each other for many years. I still remember the day you taught me how to teach an abs class. And that was at Boston Sports Club Fenway. I think I was a freshman in college. Obviously, we've both come a long way, but I definitely looked up to you as the leader of the gym and (laughs) and group exercise. And you totally laughed at my lack of ab strength at the time. But I'm so happy that you didn't give up on me and you said, okay, you're going to get it. You just have to practice all the time and you're going to do it every day. (laughs) And you got it, right? I did get it. (laughs) And it made a huge difference in my life. And I know we haven't spoken in a long time, but you're such an expert in the health and fitness world that I had to reconnect with you and it just seemed like the perfect time so thank you for for giving me your time today and the other day when we caught up and talked about everything you're up to now and everything I'm up to now and (laughs) I want to know you told me the other day that you moved to El Salvador Yes, (laughs) we moved here a year and a half ago, just about, not quite, I guess. We moved September 1st, 2021, and it came out of the blue. It was a really quick decision and quick move because my boyfriend, Roberto, had quit his job and didn't know what he was going to do with his life. And I had was right near the end of a Dharma coaching certification that was all about helping people find their life purpose and not be in a soul sucking job and do mm-hmm. something that inspires you and that's fun and enjoyable. So we did a practice coaching session on him and he was the perfect target client, right? Mm-hmm. And when we asked him what actually brings you joy what lights you up and makes you feel like you're having fun and and like it's not an effort and he said that it was really when he was bringing people together around the dinner table cooking having a good time making people feel like family and just making lasting memories and so a few hours later, <laughs> all of a sudden, like he came out of the bathroom and was like, I've got it. We're going to move to El Salvador and open a retreat center. <laughs> and so I immediately <laughs> think, oh, you're like, oh, not what we're yeah. doing now. But... And we were living in Boston at the time. Actually, he was living in Boston. I was living in New York City doing like a live in contract with a client there. 
yeah. And so I was like, let me Google it. Oh, I Googled travel to El Salvador and the internet basically said, you're going to be murdered. And I was like, there's no way I can bring clients here. It's going to do the same thing that I just did. And he was like, no, no, no. There's a new president. Everything's changed. Everything's different. And I'm like, you got to prove it. So yeah, we're going to El Salvador this weekend. And he was like, I don't know. And I was like, no, I only have the next week off. So if we're going to go, let's go now prove it and make sure it's a valid idea versus dreaming about something that we don't even know is valid. That was on a Tuesday and Saturday we were flying to El Salvador. And so we definitely fell in love with the country and we went to visit his aunt here and she had a beach property just sitting here that she never uses. She hadn't even been to in three years. And she only lives 45 minutes away. Um, So we're like, kismet. Yeah, we told her like our idea and everything. She's, oh, you should go check out the property and see if if it would be a good fit for what you guys want to do. And so before we left, we came, checked out the property and it was like, perfect. It's right on the ocean. It had like a, a big platform in the middle of the property the roof had fallen off and everything. So we knew there was some renovations to do, but it was like the perfect yoga platform, like just perfect. So it was just like, this is just meant to be. And everything just fell into place after that. We only, we were gone for two weeks and then we started the renovations. We came back in two weeks for two weeks and started the renovations. And then we just packed up our lives in Boston for a month and then we moved. So it was a very quick two-month life-changing decision. So why why do people always think that something like that is so hard when it can be so easy? Anytime we're stepping out of our comfort zone, it seems a huge big deal. And people tend to like to stay safe. And that's just our brains functioning primarily is the ego part of the brain, the lower brain is trying to keep us alive. And anytime there's change, it's like, you're going to die. It's like, (laughs) I'm going to start a diet tomorrow. Don't do that. You're going to die. Like it will Mm -hmm. always try to like keep you safe. It likes what it knows best. So it's just one of those things that then that also plays into how all of our friends and family's brains work. So they don't want you to leave and move and and totally do a life-changing thing because they want to keep you safe too. So I think it's both our own brain trying to keep us safe, but then also the opinions of our family and friends that they're not generally supportive of big ideas like this because they want to keep us safe. So I and think it affects our brain more. <laughs> yeah, then people just think it's just too too big of a dream or too grand or they're just afraid to step out of the comfort zone yeah it's the it's the great unknown you have no idea what could happen and that makes people stay in the comfort zone but that's also the best part (laughs) I'm gonna ask you about what led up to that but you can't heal in an environment that made you sick I I don't know who first said that, but I think about that a lot because I've lived in different places and I can always really feel the difference in what feels easy and what feels 
weighted down and just why, why, why is this so difficult? And I think sometimes people wonder, why did you get into this field? Did you have someone in your family who was in the same field or did anyone influence Mm -hmm. you? And how did you get into fitness? Fitness was, uh, it's a bit of a lifelong journey. I always joke when I was a little girl, I used to get up at 6am and do mouse size on the Disney channel before <laughs> I went to school. <laughs> and I got my first LA gear weights and workout Barbie doll, my sixth Christmas, I think, or fifth Christmas. So it's like, I've always been into fitness in some way. And then now, who um, got those for you? <laughs> my dad, of course. My mm-hmm. dad was super into sports. And that's really why I got into the fitness industry is that when I was six, he had brain cancer. Mm-hmm. And he had a 15-year journey with brain cancer. That wow. was really intense. And like when I was six, the doctors gave him six months to live. And mm-hmm. at that point, he promised to see me graduate from high school. And so he, it was like, he, he was a very determined, stubborn person. And like the doctors, I had a letter from one of his doctors. It's, I have no idea why he's still alive, but he's very stubborn. Oh, well, <laughs> or smart. So, yeah. Around, shall we? Yes. So when I was 21, a couple of weeks after I turned 21, he died. And at that point, like I was going to Suffolk University in Boston for entrepreneur studies. And I was like walking through the common going to class one day. And I was just like, I wonder how I can honor my dad with what I do with my life. And he was always into sports. He was a baseball umpire. He was a basketball coach. He was a basketball referee. He was in the football. He was just a really big sports guy and coaching kids. Yeah. So (laughs) it was all sports all the time growing up. So he, I didn't have that same interest in like coaching and kids, Mm. but I was like, fitness is something I've always been into. And when I was a teenager, I was growing too fast and my joints were dislocating all the time. And so my doctor made me start personal training when I was 14. And after that, I never had another joint dislocation again. And so it was just kind of like, I feel like my whole entire life has, I've been on my path the entire time, but my dad was really a primary motivator. And even my mom too, like when I was a teenager and working out with a personal trainer, she ended up becoming a personal trainer. And so I was going to the gym after school every day, like to go hang out and work in the gym. And so it was just like my whole life path has really just supported being in fitness and wellness. And you're so, you're so good at it. I remember when I met you, you were my boss technically in at least the group exercise aspect when I was, when I was a young budding personal (laughs) trainer. (laughs) And I, I just felt like you had such a sense of responsibility with the position. I think there's, having been in the fitness world myself since then, I've seen and you've probably seen a lot of phony-ish kind of people who claim to be gurus and 
there is more of a superficial vibe to a lot of people you see out there, but Hillary, my goodness, is the most professional, grounded, researched, just um, <laughs> straightforward person. And it's almost like if you can't handle the truth, don't <laughs> sign up with Hillary because <laughs> she's not going to tell you what you want to hear. She's going to tell you what you need. And yeah. to me, that's the most valuable. And I'm really glad I didn't quit. <laughs> <laughs> when you told me I had to teach abs classes and I felt like a failure, you said, no, you're just, you're going to do it. And I thought, okay. <laughs> I thought she's a great leader because I'm someone who needs someone like you in that you're not gonna actually make fun of me or give up on me and you see the whole path I think of yeah. someone's trajectory rather than judging them I think you don't judge at all <laughs> which is <laughs> I hear that all the time. <laughs> I bet you do. And that's really valuable. And I think and it's I, all about meeting people where they're at on their journey. I always look at fitness and nutrition and healing in general as part of our personal evolution here. And so even if you get into working out, right? Mm -hmm. But you're like eating pizza and drinking alcohol. Eventually, you start to I fix your diet. <laughs> But it was cauliflower pizza and see that's dated ourselves. So that's different. But generally you get on one path and then slowly you start to open up to different things. And it's like you're not just overnight gonna become this vegan super yogi power lifter, all the things juggling all the balls. It's no everyone's at a different place on their journey and it's about understanding that and meeting them where they're at, not with all the expertise, what I think they should be at. Everyone has different goals. And I think what you were saying, like, I'm very straightforward that you have your personal goals that you want to achieve, but there's also things you need to do. So with abs, you need a foundation, mm -hmm. right? If you can't hold plank for 10 seconds, then why are you doing a hundred crunches? There's yeah. just, there's certain progressions and and I think that's what it's all about is just meeting people where they're at on their journey and being respectful of that and honoring what they want and also giving them what they need. <laughs> right. Like when you taught me how to teach the class, you said, make sure you plan front abs, rectus, abs, <laughs> the yeah. back, lower back, and then yeah. the side obliques. And then what was the fourth one? That was three, right? We always used to do, I think, the rectus abdominis, but we'd focus on like upper abs, lower abs, mm. obliques, and lower back. Yeah. Uh, and the transverse abdominis, like the foundation. Right. And thinking of it that way for me made it easier for me to teach others because there was more of a, a flow to it, knowing, okay, we're going to cover these four parts. Yeah. And they all matter. So we're not going to one side this lesson today and have you all lopsided <laughs> yeah and like, I've had that the p90x ab ripper ab workout 
is so much of the same muscle again and again and again that you end up using the hip flexors and you're not even using your abs. So there's like a method to my madness. And like, and I think that is the problem with the personal training industry sometimes is that it's like all about kicking your ass and yeah. making you f- feel like you've got a good My workout. ass is already kicked all day from emotions. But, <laughs> yeah, <right? laughs> well, that's that's the thing. People go to the gym to outrun their emotions. <laughs> right. And you said something that really hit home for me. And I think what I would like all of my patients to know too, which is you said something about if you're going to the gym to outrun your emotions guess what? They're still going to be there. Your workout should be enjoyable to you where you are. And you also have emotions and past experiences that are connected to your body. They're in your body and you have to acknowledge them or you're still going to keep feeling hurt or suboptimal or like you're not progressing in your workouts. How do you help someone realize that and get there, so to speak? I think everyone's, like I said, on their own journey. So it's sometimes it's just, you're not ready, right? Like we, we all have to be ready to heal. And I think it's first about that awareness that, yeah, every time I'm stressed or upset, I go to the gym. That's because you want the endorphins that come out on the other side of your workout. You're looking for a high. You're using it as an escape mechanism instead of actually dealing with your emotions, (laughs) confronting the issue, sitting with it, figuring out a resolution, communicating what you need to say or setting boundaries or what the issue is. And then you're just out, always trying to outrun your problems. So it's more about having the awareness that there's something underneath that all. There's a reason why you're escaping. There's a reason why you're trying to numb your emotions and get rid of them and move forward. And there is no such thing. That's just repression. You're suppressing and repressing things. And whenever you do that, it just festers. And so that can end up causing limiting beliefs. It can keep you stuck in like really bad habits and bad patterns. And eventually can lead to illness and disease. If you let it fester long enough, it literally festers in your cells. It's more about building awareness that like our emotions aren't this big, scary thing. I always joke people are willing to watch horror movies, but they can't sit with themselves and be still for 15 minutes. Mm -hmm. It's like, (laughs) why is this so scary to like sit with our sadness or our grief or our pain and dig into it and get curious about it. One of the best things I actually learned in a life coaching certification is that like emotions are just energy in motion and they only last for about 90 seconds. So if you actually truly allow yourself to feel absolutely horrible or whatever it is, like deep sadness, grief, loss, heartache, just really allow yourself to feel it in 90 seconds, it will move on. But if you continually feed into it, then you'll continue. But if you just sit there and allow yourself to have all the feelings and just lean into it instead of trying to like, it's all the American way is like muscle up, doesn't matter. 
oh, your dad died, go back to work on Monday, don't care. Like, you're just supposed to swallow everything down and keep moving forward, keep busy, you'll forget about it, time heals all wounds, blah, blah, blah. No, time doesn't heal anything, you just get used to the pain. Doesn't, it's not going to solve your problems. So it is about, it has a healing journey to go on. We have to face ourselves. And I think it's more having that awareness. There's, there's no one size fits all strategy, just like, exercise and nutrition like healing is its own there's something for everyone but it's up to you to start getting curious and and discovering what that path is for you and what you just said that the pain doesn't go away you just end up getting used to it that really hit me hard because you can get really worn down from I mean, I don't think there is a disconnect between physical and emotional pain. I think they're always connected. Pretty sure that's yeah. been proven. <laughs> it's not possible <laughs> for them to not be connected physiologically. For example, as a woman or a female athlete, I've been through this myself and I've heard it from many other women I talk to a lot. And <laughs> having an injury, especially something like a hip injury, you hear a lot of oh I don't understand your pain go to somebody else or you're probably just pregnant go to your gynecologist and then (laughs) delays your care right and it's super frustrating because eventually you do find someone who understands your pain and validates your existence essentially (laughs) And that feels like such a weight being lifted off of you when that happens. I want to emphasize what you said about getting used to it in that you don't want to get used to it. No. I think for something like a loss that you had with your father, I think you over time probably just feel different about it because it never goes away. You're always going to feel pain about that. But the fact that you're incorporating what he his life passion was into your life passion and then spreading it literally to the whole world in a positive, meaningful way, you're taking pain away from yourself and all of these other people and that's something to celebrate yeah and like on my healing journey I still did a lot of work with my feelings and emotions with my dad and past memories and forgiveness and different different healing work around him that now I feel totally different than I did probably five years ago Mm. so that one of the things I didn't realize, and I feel like this should be common knowledge, and I, I don't feel like I'm the only one that does, didn't know this or doesn't know this, but that if you look back on an event from your past and you still feel an emotional connection, it makes you feel sad, it makes you feel upset, stressed, worried, angry, whatever, it means you haven't forgiven. Oh. And like, I had no idea. Generally, if something's healed and forgiven, you look back on it and it's just this thing that happened. There's no emotions tied to it. They're gone. Hmm. And so I didn't 
<laughs> know that until I had done a lot of forgiveness work. One of the trainings I did was in aromatherapy and they said it was aromatherapy for medical conditions. And they said, if all else fails, do the forgiveness protocol. And oh. I was like, Interesting. I'm trying to know what it is. And so it, when I talked to my doctor, I had eight different illnesses and I was like, which one do I do? I don't know where to start. And he was like, start with forgiveness. <laughs> huh. And he's going to let your intuition help guide you on the other two protocols you want to do each week. So I was like, all right. And I started with forgiveness and it was, it was really life-changing. Like insanely life-changing so I need to know yeah every detail of what you did because <laughs> everybody needs to know how to forgive I think everybody's holding yeah. on to something oh yeah I think with forgiveness it is different for everyone the thing I was doing was working with essential oils and aromatherapy and so the protocol is just using 10 different essential oils in a certain sequence but during that time I did it, I was thinking about the event that I wanted to heal and reliving it. And so trying to go through the exact situation that happened, just visualizing it all. And then with inner child healing, you're literally trying to go back to that time and give yourself what you wish you would have had in that moment. So mm -hmm. it's more about your adult self honoring the inner child and what they needed and nurturing them in that way. And then it just helps you heal that wounded inner child. And then everything shifts. Oh, can you give me an example? It doesn't have to be about you, but something that the, I'll, I'll give you the first one that I did was I actually had gotten into an argument with my dad when I was 14. He was still living at home. And he had gotten his driver's license revoked because he was, he had half his skull plate missing. He, his cognitive function was very impaired. He didn't have good reaction time for driving and stuff like that. Yeah. And so I'd come home from school and the car was gone oh. and I was so upset and I was worried and stressed and just frustrated with the situation and when I was 12 when this happened and when he got home I yelled at him I told him he was an a-hole for putting other people's lives at risk on the road and that he was a jerk and I'd never sworn at him before or anything so oh, that really like meant number one yelling at him and swearing at him and then what happened is he immediately packed his bags left checked into a hotel down the street. And then when my mom got home, she found a hospital for him to go live at permanently. Oh, wow. And so after that argument, he never lived at home again. Oh my <laughs> and goodness. even though I had never, it's not like I felt like I was the reason he didn't live at home or anything. Like I didn't. No, that was such a, an extreme you know, like, reaction he had. Yeah. But it was just, he had, severe brain cancer so <laughs> that's no idea that's it yeah so yeah after that and he had to go to a veterans hospital he had brain cancer from being in Vietnam and so the veterans hospital was about two hours away from our house 
So when I say he didn't live at home anymore, it was like he didn't even live in our town anymore. So it was just like a, a big change. And so there's obviously some guilt there. That was the first forgiveness protocol I did. And I didn't even know where to begin, but I just leaned into my intuition. I was like, this makes me feel a little bit of guilt. So let me try healing this. And so I thought about it. And the first step is to put rose oil on your heart and say, mm -hmm. I'm ready to forgive. And then you put uh, geranium oil on your liver, which metabolizes everything. So it's, I'm ready to process through this yeah. and let it all out of my body. And then as I was going through the other oils, I was like remembering everything that happened in the argument, how it happened when he walked through the door, what was said everything that happened and then afterwards what I wish I would have had as a resolution instead of sitting in that unknown discomfort where my mom's just on the phone making phone calls all night my dad's gone and I'm just sitting there what's going on so nurturing my inner child and and forgiving myself and letting go forgiving my dad forgiving myself forgiving my mom and just letting everything Go and trying to heal that little child, support and nurture her in the way that I wish I would have been in that moment. And so I cried the entire time I was doing it. And then like afterwards, I just, I felt more at peace with things. But the huge transition was the next day. I woke up in the morning and I got out of the shower and I started looking at myself in the mirror. And I hadn't realized that I had never looked at myself in the mirror in 20 years. Really? Yeah. I never make eye contact in the mirror. It's just like this, make sure there's nothing in your teeth and get the F out of the bathroom. I am not a girly girl in any way. So it was just all of a sudden I was staring in my own eyes and I was like, have I actually been ashamed to look at myself in the mirror like all these years? Is this where it came from? And then I just started like moisturizing and doing all this self-care. And I don't moisturize. I don't need it. Self-care isn't really my thing. It was just like all of a sudden effortless. And so I realized like how much guilt and shame I had been carrying around for all that time, like 20 years. And was just kind of like, holy crap everything just shifted it was just insane and it didn't help Part of your brain opened up for you to be able to use and not have yeah to think about it yeah or you're suppressing something you're literally suppressing like a part of your brain <laughs> it's yeah. like part of you isn't functioning as a whole and that's what I found the more things I healed like after that first experience I got not addicted, but I was just like, okay, I'm going to do something every week to let go of the past. And it didn't really start to heal my physical body at all, but I started feeling just this freedom in my mind. Everything was lighter. It was a peace of mind that was just within me at all times. You're literally carrying all this baggage and you have no idea because you've been carrying it so long. It's when you lose 30 pounds and then your trainers, okay, go pick up that 30 pound dumbbell. That's what you were carrying around all these years. Right. And you're like, it hits you all of a sudden. This is so heavy. <laughs> we just get so used to being wounded that we don't know what it's like to feel whole. 
And that's, I think, why it becomes so silly once you've done healing work that you're like, why is everyone so afraid of this? <laughs> what do they think is going to happen? You can only feel better. So That's true. It, I mean, it's... for you, when in that one example, giving yourself what you needed when you were 12, yeah, you just so people understand how long did that process take once you decided to do it oh my gosh it was probably like 20 minutes maybe 30 at the most so it really doesn't <laughs> all that no, much time it just no. has to happen yeah and that's the thing it's intentional that's why I say you can't out- outrun it at the gym you can't escape it you can't let time heal all wounds it doesn't heal them (laughs) two things happen you get used to the pain and your memory sucks so your memory begins to not feel as intense towards it but when you reflect back and look at it then all those emotions come right back up your memory does feel as intense you just become numb to it in a way you also told me about I'm really interested in this because I've been very active in sports and been injured a lot. (laughs) And (laughs) a lot of my patients and clients have lots of orthopedic injuries, military injuries, emotional injuries. And you said something to me that I thought was so fascinating that there's a masculine side of the body and a feminine (laughs) side of the body. Yeah. Um, Yeah. And I feel like I want to know more about that. (laughs) So So in general, an injury comes along in our life when we need to slow down and face something. Mm -hmm. (laughs) It is kind of a subconscious wake up call of, okay, you're going to have to lay in bed and be laid up and not be able to go run and do all the things you love to do to keep yourself busy and distracted from the things you need to heal. So now I'm going to force you to lay in bed so you have plenty of time to heal but then nobody does the healing work anyways. They just focus on the physical ailment. But subconsciously, we have the left side of our body is the feminine side. And this is even like within yogic philosophy, the alternate nostril breathing. If you only breathe in and out through your left nostril, it's cold air. If you only breathe in and out through the right, it's hot air. So the left side is cooling. It's feminine. It's the feminine emotions of like grief, shame, sadness. It can relate to females in our life. So mm-hmm. I find a lot of men have knots in their left butt cheek. A lot of women have knots in their right butt cheek because they literally have a male or female that's a pain in the ass. Yep. And then the right side is the masculine side. So it's more about... Um, anger greed hatred jealousy it's the more masculine type of emotions it's hot it's more intense and strong (laughs) it's true yeah so it's just our body is always divided so it's talking to us in different ways if we'll pay attention i actually had a client it was funny we were out for a run one morning and it was a group of girls and she like ran around a telephone pole to jump out and scare us and when (laughs) she did it (laughs) she fell off the curb and broke her ankle oh my gosh and so I got talking to her as we're going back to the gym and I was like you know what's going on in your life what is there anything happening with a man because it was a right ankle and the the ankle is moving forward in life right yeah so I was like is there something going on with your boyfriend like you're hesitant to move forward with him or what's going on she was like oh my god 
yes and this actually happened two years ago she went we were in Nicaragua at the time mm -hmm. she had gone lava boarding and what she is that? <laughs> you can go snowboarding down like the lava volcanoes the dark not hot lava but oh, the okay. black black agree. the black lava so she had done that and she like bumped into the person in front of her and broke her ankle and at that time, she was also going through relationship problems. <laughs> and wow. so it was just like one of those things that I was like, wow, every every client I have, whether it's massage or training, we start to go through the injuries and the surgeries and stuff. And there's always the subconscious connections tend to always line up. I've really come to have a strong belief in them, even though at first I was a little skeptical. <laughs> but everything every single symptom you have is generally a sign of something underneath it all so even something like laryngitis can be you're not willing to speak up about something you're suppressing your own voice you literally lose your voice an ear infection or tinnitus or anything like that is there's something you don't want to hear or you're trying yeah. to avoid even like your own inner thoughts you don't want to hear your own thoughts pink eye is you, there's something you don't want to see your tract infection you're pissed off about something so it's just like all these little things like they make so much logical sense when you think about it but not everybody wants to acknowledge that that's what's going on in their lives a great way to get a clue about what's going on if you're not aware of it or willing to be aware of it in the first place <laughs> yeah and then an another great place to become aware of these things is your retreat center it sounds yes like in El Salvador you obviously studied entrepreneurship and it shows <laughs> tell us about your retreat center I think this is fascinating and I was looking at your website and it just looks so relaxing <laughs> yes I know we actually have a good sized family here right now there's 12 people and they were just telling me how lovely it is and they just they're like it's just so peaceful and calm and we're actually laughing all the time but we're so relaxed you probably can't hear us we have a five-bedroom retreat center that's on a private beach so when you go out to the beach you don't see any other people you're just there by yourself pretty much there are some other houses on the beach but the people in El Salvador don't really go to their beach houses so we generally only see people on New Year's and Easter. And other than that, the beach is totally quiet. That's really interesting. Um, yeah, it's hot here though. And most of them live in San Salvador, which is about 45 minutes away. And because it's so much higher in elevation, it's about mm. 10 to 15 degrees cooler than it is here. So oh, they just nice. like to stay in their cool climate and don't come down to the beach. It's usually 90... It's generally 90 at least every day. It depends on the season. <laughs> so mm -hmm. Sometimes it's 93 and sometimes it's 88. <laughs> it is always nice and warm here. It only rains at night here in the rainy season. So that's actually really nice. The weather never interferes with your plans. We have five bedrooms here and then we're also managing the house next door, which is another house that's six bedrooms. Mm -hmm. So sometimes we do big retreats. We have one in February that we're using both properties for. There's multiple options and we really do specialized retreats. Everything we do is customized. Roberto's a great chef and so he customizes the menu to exactly 
what your food preferences, allergies, all of that stuff is. And then there's so much to see in El Salvador that wise, we like to see how much rest do you want to get. Our guests here right now are alternating days. So one day they're going out on adventures and then the next day they're chilling on the property and just like laying in the hammocks and enjoying the beach and the pool. Then the next day they go back and go on another adventure. So everyone's different with what they like. And so we really just, again, meet people where they're at and try to make sure they have everything they need to have a good time. They just need to sit on a call with us for about 30 minutes to an hour depending on how many people are in the group and chat about what are the food preferences and allergies? What is your life like at home? So we get an idea of stress levels and things like that. Are there any injuries, health problems? What kind of wellness services do you want? Do you want any healing work? Or I do cacao ceremonies and fire ceremonies and different things like that. So there's getting a good idea of what they're looking for. And then most people don't even care. Like they don't even care what the plan is. They just show up and we have everything planned for them so that they can just lay back, relax and know that they're going to be taken care of and have a good time. Hey guys, if you know me at all, you know, I love to start my day with strong, good quality, organic coffee. I'm a big iced coffee drinker, mainly because of two reasons. One, I don't like to wait for things. And two, there's no way I'm letting my coffee stain my teeth. Therefore, I have to give a shout out to Alice, the creator of my new favorite straw, Sipify. We met in the Boston Businesswomen Inner Circle group and clicked instantly. Basically, she wrote to the group about her new product, the Sipify straw, a straw that you can safely drink hot or cool beverages with that's made of stainless steel and food-safe silicone. I told her I thought her product was not only helpful to prevent yellow teeth, The main reason she invented this straw was actually to solve her problem of whitening her teeth at the dentist and then wanting to drink hot, not iced coffee afterward, which didn't make sense. She needed a straw for that. Alice told me her dentist suggested she switch to iced coffee so she could drink it with a straw and prevent staining her teeth. But she likes her coffee hot and you can't put a regular straw in a hot drink. Ugh. So what's a girl to do? She literally invented a straw. This woman is amazing. The Sipify straw not only prevents stains, but it cools hot beverages just a bit as you sip, so you can sip comfortably. Since I got my Sipify, it's my favorite way to drink coffee. The sleek blue straw is easy to clean and to travel with because it comes with a cleaning tool and case to maximize efficiency. So you can just tuck it all right in. And oh, it's especially shaped to fit into the sip hole of a to-go lid, which is perfect for people like me who know they're gonna dribble coffee all over your white work shirt in the car when you tilt your head back to take a sip. I've done that so many times, but with Sipify, there's no need to tilt your head back and lose your vision of the road while driving. So it's safe too. And no more spilling when you're drinking on the go in general, you could be walking around. One more very cool thing about Sipify, they also donate Sipify straws to people living with Parkinson's. These people often drink exclusively from straws, and now thanks to Sipify, people with swallowing issues can drink hot coffee and tea again. As a medical professional, this melts my heart because another amazing benefit is the possibility of Sipify straws decreasing chances of aspirating. The unique design of the straw lets you finally control the amount of liquid and the velocity of each sip making it easier for people with swallowing issues to drink safely. 
If you're interested in purchasing a Sipify straw for yourself or for a loved one, I mean, hey, why not use it to prevent tea stains while drinking red wine too? They come in a two-pack, one regular size and one travel size, and the cleaning device. You can buy your straws by heading over to Sipify.me, that's S-I-P-I-F-Y dot M-E, and enter code Nicole, N-I-C-O-L-E, to get 10% off your entire purchase at checkout today. Hillary is truly amazing, isn't she? I can't wait for you to hear part two of my chat with Hillary Hutchinson. If you want to learn more about her new retreat and services, head on over to elsalvadorretreat.com, which is listed in the show notes along with the Sipify website and discount code. Thanks for listening to the Major League Nutrition Show. It's such an honor and a blessing to hear all the positive feedback about the show. If you're hearing this message and you've listened to our new episode all the way to the end and enjoyed it, make sure to share the show. And thank you for that from the bottom of my heart.